Live from the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the podcast known as The Other Kind Radio Talk Radio. Today is July 21st, and this is episode 93. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast in which Todd and Jeff ping pong around all things pop culture and deliver to you, the kind listener. My name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd will be on shortly. I want to remind everybody we are currently streaming live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Hectos, H-E-C-T-O-S, that's H to the E to the C, to the T, to the O, to the S, Hectos, sorry I did that folks. Uh, so if you want to, you know, tune back in and kind of watch the show from the perspective, you'll see that I am wearing my Pub 134 t-shirt, uh, more on that in a second. Uh, First-time listeners are welcome to uh, the podcast. Thank you for finding us among the plethora of podcasts that are out there. We're glad you're here. Uh, Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Uh, Feel free if uh, at any point during the show you want to roll out to us. That's not really how it works, Jeff. If you want to reach out to us, there we go. Find your words. Words have meaning. Uh, Feel free to contact us. You can email us at info at theotherkindradio.com. That's I-N-F-O at theotherkindradio.com. Or give us a call, 214-843-1149. That's 214-843-1149. Operators are standing by. We do encourage all of our listeners to like, subscribe to The Other Kind Radio. Most podcast apps have a follow or a plus sign or something. What that does is it feeds this algorithm that's out there that really exists and uh, that keeps the podcast universe spinning in our show and its gravitational pull. As I mentioned earlier, this episode of The Other Kind Radio is brought to you by Pub 134. Pub 134 is located in Maple Village at 90th and Maple right here in Omaha. I was just talking to Nick the other day. And uh, he's, you know, business is doing all right. They're uh, practicing the social distancing and all the good stuff there. Um, And he started up to do a a few things. Uh, One is on a Wednesday night. And I don't know if you're like me, but if you like to throw something and then like go pick it up and then throw it in the opposite direction, then go pick it up and then throw it in the other direction, go pick it up, then you might like bags also known cornhole and then my favorite is sandbags they do have a league on wednesday nights i don't know if they're still looking for people but i'm sure if you go in there and beg nick he'll uh he'll work something out for you then on thursday nights they got karaoke and i i failed the kind listener i'm not going to do it two weeks in a row or two shows in a row uh, I gave my favorite karaoke song. I was going to ask Todd, and once Todd gets on the show, I get so excited that I forgot to ask him. So we'll make sure we ask him that today. Anyway, Pub 134, 90th and Maple, Omaha. Go in, tell him the other kind radio sent you. I'm sure Nick will he'll do something for you. Give you a hug. Oh, no hugs. Uh, fist bump, I guess is what we do now. All right. On this week's episode, we've got a COVID-19 update 
we've got mailbag to go through. Uh, we're going to talk about Soda Pop and another one of the pr- the big streamers on Twitch was banned yesterday. Dixie Chicks have a new album. We're going to talk about that. I want to remind everybody about the 2020 Podcast Awards. And on center stage, we're going to talk about the new Charisse Theron movie. Charisse, Charisse Theron movie that's on Netflix called Old Guard. A lot of time we cover movies and pop culture that... Uh, really we get really excited about but i kind of threw this idea at todd and so we're going to kind of talk about the movie old guard it, it's still way up there as far as viewership on netflix uh but it's not that great of a movie so we're going to kind of talk about that and kind of get uh, around that area if that's vague enough all right that's enough of me yapping let's welcome on my podcast partner he is a family generator film school graduate movie maker guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar boombox founder, an all-around renaissance man, live from a studio in the great state of Texas, and help delivering the pop culture significance of number 93. Please, let's welcome Todd. Hey, Jeff. Hey, kids. Hey. Everybody out there in the world, I hope everyone's okay. Okay. Okay, that's okay. it. <laughs> All right, so before we get into the significance of uh, pop culture 93, yes. what is your favorite character? Do you karaoke? And if and when you do karaoke, what do you sing? I don't karaoke much. Because um, well, you're in not- a band. I mean, that's kind of like the ultimate karaoke, right? It's. I, I was about to say, I don't want to be music snob. I do not <laughs> want to do that. But there's something about getting up with a little music box behind you and singing. So this is what I'll say. My favorite karaoke song is anything that is not my Sharona. That's probably one of my least favorite songs, and it seems like for some reason, anytime I go to karaoke, somebody sings that song. I, I I think I've done karaoke twice in my life, and I think one time I jokingly did my way, Frank Sinatra's my way. Oh, did my and then another, I got up and did I Will Survive with a group of lady friends, you know, when there was nothing. I will survive. <laughs> that was pretty fun. But um, karaoke is not my, my, not my jam, as my kid would say, which I meant to tell you. Mm. I came this close, Jeff, this close. And Jeff can see, and those on, on our streaming thing can see how close it was. It was pretty close. To another segment of what's the thesis? Oh, I she wants more money with her. Uh, so for those that don't know what the thesis was a, a segment, I tried to get my now 17 year old kid to do with me regularly, but let me backtrack with what I just said. A 17 year old kid doing anything regularly is a pain. Um, she would come on and tell us kind of the vernacular of what kids are saying. She funny thing is, is now that she's getting 17, she's not as much into the hip sayings. And I told her, I said, Hey, that could be your, your little pop culture segment. Yeah that where you just talk about what you're watching as a kid. So right. I'm going to try before next week to have right. her on. And to that extent, I'm going to take two seconds and give a shout out to her friend, Alan, who I found out does listen to us. Alan is about the sweetest kid you will ever meet. Yeah. Um, one of my daughter's very best friends in the whole world, just a good, good kid. And I not only am I thrilled to have him listening, but I'm actually kind of touched that he would even take the time to listen to me. So Alan, thanks for, for spending a little time. Right. With because I, other than the kind listener that's listening right now, and 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 again, hello to Ireland. They're still staying strong. Mm. And of course, there's Pop who listens every week, and and he's just the best. 
But yeah, anytime you hear about like somebody that's not like under contract or somehow because they're related to you feels <laughs> like they have to listen, it's always nice. Um, and, and I and I know I, I do my pub one three four every week, but I, I do have to say this: uh, Nick does like the show, and he does tell people about it, which is nice. So. You know, it's uh, we're getting there. Um, you know, we're, we're it's been fun. Go ahead. I wish I could say the same for my family because you know, n- I, I do two podcasts, and my wife and daughter <laughs> don't listen to either one of them. Um, as Abby tells me, she's like, "You're funny. I think you're funny, and you know a lot about movies, but you already tell me all that all the time anyway. Yeah. I don't need to be listening to a podcast." I'm like, "Love you too." She gets the live version. Yes, she does. All right, the all number right, yep, ninety three. Let's move on. So. Does anyone want to guess where we begin? 93 is a neutral number that comes after 50 and before 163. That is exactly it, Jeff. Are you on this page with me? 93 is a natural number following 92 and preceding 94. In mathematics, my favorite immediately when I looked at this is 93 is a cake number. Oh. And I was like, oh, well, this has got to be fun. This has got to be something about... No, it's not. No. In mathematics, the cake number, denoted by C, the maximum number of regions in which a three-dimensional cube can be partitioned exactly by n planes. Hmm. The cake number is so called because of one, uh, because one may imagine each partition of the cube by a plane as a slice made by a knife through a cube-shaped cake. <sighs> yeah, right. I'm sorry. You mathematicians, you can trick me. I won't ever fall for it again if I see cake numbers. No. Um, we should have a mathematician on sometime, you know, then we could actually feel like we know what we're talking about. I'll start talking to, well, you know, I think that's a cake number. Yeah. No, I actually, that's a, um, cobbler number. It's like when you know just a few words in a foreign language and you just kind of like, like mine is après vous, which is uh, kind of in in French, that means after you. So sometimes when I'm holding the door for somebody pre COVID, um, I'd say après vous, and they go, oh, and I'd be like, oh, sorry, I, I, that's all I know. Bye-bye. <laughs> all of our French li- listeners just tuned out. Right. Oh, Chocolate bleu. Uh, 93. Yes. Is the international direct dial phone code for Afghanistan. Oh. <laughs> I don't think you want to probably use that today. Yeah. No. Let's turn to the year 1983. 1983 would have been whenever I just gotten out of film school and moved back home. Uh, my This was the onset of computers really kind of becoming prevalent within our daily lives. The Pentium microprocessor was debuted in 1993. Do you remember when that was? I mean, now the average person could not tell you a damn thing about who and what makes the guts of a computer. They just go buy them. Yeah. But back then, you're absolutely right. It even had a little jingle. Yeah, the Intel. Indian processor. Yeah. Windows NT 3.1 is released. Oh, boy. Yeah. Police investigations begin into child abuse allegations against Michael Jackson. Wow, a long time ago. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that, too. I saw that, and I thought, well, I mean, it has been out there for a long time. And, you know, that was back before this endless news cycle, so we weren't just being smashed with it. Right. But, I mean, it's been out there for a while. So, movies in 1993. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. Hello. 
my kid loves Mrs. Doubtfire, and I just I have and 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 Mr. Columbus, if you're listening, sorry to be this way, but I despise that director. Um, oh. Chris Columbus is just a ham-fisted director, and the where it really fell apart and is in my love of musicals. He directed the film version of Rent, and boy. When you look at a, a piece of work and you try to nail it, it would be like somebody directing the film version of Hamilton and pulling all the politics out of it. Right. It, he just, he slapped that together and it was terrible. He made it into a Hollywood production that should have been gritty. Yeah. Anyway, The Fugitive, The Firm, Sleepless oh. in Seattle. Firm's good. Uh, Robin Hood, good. Men in Tights. We're men. We're men in tights. And that's all I know. I, I love Mel Brooks. We could probably do a whole show about Mel Brooks. Yeah, sometime. We, we just couldn't do any of his early stuff. <laughs> we, we couldn't play any clips. We could no. talk about, hey, you remember yeah. that part where, oh, we really shouldn't talk yeah. about that. We'd be like, in this scene, we have who's going to take his and then put it and then everybody laughs. So <laughs> also, I'm sorry. Work, Lay it out on me. No, work all of a sudden oh. uh, emailed me. Oh, and, boy. Um, Making sure that the world is not falling apart. Um, so, that works. Sorry about that, Jeff. Um, no, 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 93. 93 was also a big year for this little bitty director named Steven Spielberg. Mm. He not only made one, but he made two films that I think could probably be considered amongst his top classics. And Jeff. we'll start with the most popular. And I, I don't want to take away from the other because it was massively popular. The first being Jurassic Park nah. completely changes the way we make films using computers to the, to an extent that is <clears throat> above and beyond anything else. But at the same time, as he's posting that film, he begins making a, a passion project called Schindler's list. Nah. And a lot of people, you know, that to me, that is one of those feats that man is constantly working on a film, constantly doing something. But when you realize that these two landmark films are made at the same time and he's juggling you know the 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 darkness and the heaviness of going to the actual uh areas where the holocaust occurred right shoot within the concentration camps and whatnot at the end of the day he has to go back and somebody's saying hey could you look at this velociraptor animation you know so <laughs> he's looking at both of these things at the same time and he turns out those absolute classic films and of course Schindler's list would go on the next year to be deemed the best picture of the year Stepping one more time into music, we'll get away from Michael Jackson, artist of that era. We had Garth Brooks, Alice in Chains, Meatloaf had a resurgence. Whitney Houston had this little bitty song called I Will Always Love You. We had Janet Jackson coming on the coattails of her brother, which I don't want to put her down. I, I know she had her thing. It wasn't mine, but probably the biggest shakeup, but this is the time of I had already mentioned Alice in Chains, but Nirvana also came in and kind of changed the landscape. Perhaps one of the last great surges of rock and roll before rap began and hip hop began to become the prevalent music that the youth listens to. But that is the number ninety three, all wrapped up in a package, and I toss it back to Jeff. That is that is really well done. I mean, and, and I'm I'm trying to keep my mouth shut because there's some things you mentioned in there and I'm like, no, just, just let him get through it. Cause that's how we get into uh, long conversations. Uh, but 93 good gear. I had, I had been out of, uh, high school for two years and, uh, yeah, stuff was happening. 
good stuff. I like The Firm. I like Sleepless in Seattle. Um, Jurassic Park for me is is always just a uh, a flat soda, milk toast. I dino, I just don't have the dinosaur gene. I don't see dinosaurs just like, oh my god, you know. It's it, oh no, a dinosaur that men created is chasing me, and now it's gonna try and kill me. And I think it's a genius idea. I think you know. I read the book when I heard that spielberg was doing it i went and got the michael Crichton book first and i think there were in a couple of scenes in it that that spielberg for some reason left out the opening of the oh. book is so so much more immediately engaging and he tries to come up with another thing where somebody you know accidentally slips and gets eaten by a dinosaur or whatnot uh, and it, hmm. it, it just fell a little flat and there were a couple of things um the hammond character as i remember it is a little bit more in the book truly evil he yeah. truly understands what he's doing is wrong. Uh, I think that you can then go watch it as a masterclass of Spielberg. You know, the scene with Tyrannosaurus Rex is we see it time and again for a reason. It is so iconic to see that in the water glass yep, because yep. the man. And do you know how he did that? Any Made idea? The water shake? Yeah. Probably had somebody pound on the table next to it. Well, they they to me this goes back to jaws whenever he wanted a scene in jaws where somebody was sitting out by uh the docks and all of a sudden mass of the boats start wobbling one mm-hmm. at a time until it's just all of them wobbling against each other and he never could make that work and i think that whenever he went to Jurassic park i i can't help but think that idea kind of came into this sure he's like need something that does it so they've been experimenting with things and from what i understand is somebody took a low register piano wire and put it with within the car or within that dash that they mocked up and they would just pluck it and it would be the vibration of it but it's it's a genius idea and you know the man can create these moments of tension, but like you, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the film. I can, I, I, I own it so that I can flip and watch a few scenes. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they're still going. That's the other crazy thing. I think the, the next installment is, 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 uh, is in the process of being made right now. Oh God. All right. Movies are terrible. Well, if we, if we did a nomination process for the best, uh, pop culture references to a number, I would nominate that one as number one. Speaking of nominations, uh, you can go out and nominate The Other Kind Radio for the 2020 Podcast Awards. Uh, Do a Google search for uh, 2020 Podcast Awards, and you can go in, and and it's it's a two-process thing here, and I think it ends on the 31st. Uh, But basically, what you go in, the first nomination period is just to get the show on the ballot. So if you have some free time, head over there to the 2020 Podcast Awards, and uh give us a nomination if you feel uh feel okay doing that and uh hopefully we'll we'll make it on the uh on the ballot all right let's move on to all right so um i was shocked now i know to the kind listener it's been a week or so since you heard from us and i didn't really put anything out or 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 record anything um because of course we want to make sure that everybody's safe and nice but todd has some news in some way and i'll let him reveal it and what he has in in relation to covid <laughs> what he has in relation to covid <laughs> but it so i got uh well i was gonna i don't want to offend anybody out there um <laughs> <laughs> so, so the weird thing was is jeff and, and i our our lives at least for that 
week and a half, two weeks period. Um, we just, we didn't have the time to sync up to do the podcast and he reached out to me and, Hey, we got to do this. We got to get back on. I said, yeah, I, I want to, but I need to let you know, it actually worked out to be good because my wife, my daughter, myself all tested positive for COVID. Wow. Uh, my wife had the worst of it. She had the kind where you hear about <clears throat> extreme nausea, vomiting, high fever. It actually turned into pneumonia. Uh, and she, as she tells it, and my wife is not a very histrionic kind of person, so I don't want to say that she was over the top about it. <clears throat> but and for some reason now the COVID tries to come back as I'm choking on right, right. Um, it, she said that that first night she was terrified that she was going to have to have me take her to the hospital because oh, wow. she felt so bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it was almost literally she gets it. And then a day later I look at, at Abby and I'm like, how are you feeling? She's like, I don't know. I feel like I got a lot of sinus drainage. Mm. I said, yeah, I feel that way too. And then within about a day for us, it became a really bad cold. I mean, to the point, you know, that kind of cold where you, you're really aching, you do not feel good. Um, so the three of us went through it. We have now all tested positive, uh, positive. We've all tested negative. Okay. Uh, we've passed on, but the weird thing is, is even two weeks on, you know, usually if you get a cold, it's, it's about a week after yeah. that you're okay, now done. We all still feel incredibly fatigued by the end of the day. Oh, which is my time when I, I want to watch all my movies, yeah. man, I'm just like zapped. I'm done. So I, I will tell, tell you all of you this, please wear your masks, yeah. please social distance. Cause you don't want this junk. Um, if you know, unfortunately for those out there that have some existing conditions, it can be even worse. So it's real. Um, you don't want it, please please don't take a stand and say, I'm not going to wear a mask just to prove to something to someone else. Right. It, it, it's some bad stuff. Well, on, on behalf of all of the kind listeners around the world and, and my, myself, I'm glad you're, you're okay. Thank you. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's such a, a prevalent part of the world that we kind of live in right now, as far as, numbers and who's infected and all this other stuff that when it hits close uh it does kind of take your breath away for a second so again i'm glad you're all right um you know it's it's a strange time and and you and i were talking you know in pre-production and there's things that uh, you've got going on there's things i'm going i have going on professionally and trying to recover from from this particular pandemic um so uh just just to have all of that go on and then and then kind of hear this news and then know that you're going to be okay was was some sunshine that was uh, much needed so uh so glad you and your family are going to be okay and and to those kind of listeners out there who who may have discovered us or maybe going through some covid stuff or professional stuff it's happening uh, happening to us as well and um you know we're always here so if you uh want to email us or or call us and yell at us uh feel free to do so uh you know we don't mind um uh hearing your feedback as as far as that i'm kind of rambling now but what i'm basically trying to say is stay strong everybody and like todd said so well wear a mask be safe be well all right so uh moving on next let me uh, reach into the old mailbag here for those of you watching on Twitch, you're like, oh, this is horrible foley. And why would you need to reach into a mailbag if it's email? Just don't worry about that, folks. It's all an illusion. We got an email from our longtime listener, Beaker. 
who is can be kind of a sarcastic guy. So I, I haven't really read through this email, but basically it's in connection to our last episode where we talked about Hamilton. And he has 10 things uh, that he's listed here. So I'm going to read the email verbatim and then we can quickly discuss. All right. Hello, team. So welcome to the team. <laughs> Though we could spend hours and hours talking about this show, I have a few nuggets that you may have interest in. Number one, you missed a crucial note, Todd, mm. that Jonathan Groff plays Kristoff in Frozen, his most famous role. Now, first of all, I don't know who he's talking about. I know what Frozen is, but I don't know who Jonathan Groff is. Jonathan Groff plays the king. And I, you know, <laughs> they say that prize yep. that guy. Um, I I would beg to disagree with you that that's his most famous role. Even yeah. though probably amongst kids, I think amongst theater people, he's uh, probably even better known for things like Spring Awakening. He also has Mindhunter on Netflix. Yeah. So absolutely, you're right. The, 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 I, that man is stellar. And I have since watched a video about him because his spitting in those scenes became kind of yes. a huge thing. There's a reason for that. Uh, there was a guy dissecting his performance in a video, and he said there are two things to know here: that that king is the the mad king. He went crazy, and that's one of the reasons that oh. Jonathan and um, uh, Tommy Kale, the director, came up with the idea that he would just focus on one person to the point where it's kind of creepy and he's almost going nuts. But he was also known to get so worked up that he would spit on people. And that's where the idea of the spit came from. So Jonathan Groff, before he'd step on stage, would drink a crap ton of water. So his mouth was extra wet. And he, well, just on that basis alone, you get five points. And uh, Brent, uh, Beaker, ooh, almost said his name. Beaker. <laughs> Sorry, man. We didn't mention Frozen, a movie that was out, I think, right after I was born. All right. right. And you know what? Fro he's, he's right. Frozen's great. He's great in that. But there's oh, okay. a lot more there, too. I'm still. I'm still buzzing him. <laughs> Number two, and he, I love this. The bullet. Yes. Hyphen. Cast member. Comma. Foreshadowing. Comma. ECT. Open parentheses. Look it up. Close parentheses. The bullet is probably one of the most genius points of that production the bullet being uh someone that they came up with at the end how do you kill uh, how do you have the final duel right and there's a dancer who grabs the bullet and slowly traces across then if you start realizing and watching again knowing that she's the bullet she becomes the angel of death yeah. she's the person that flirts with his son before he dies all of these different things so yes it's a genius you're absolutely right. right that's a great find and and beaker you know we wanted to leave something for the listener we didn't want to you know go through no, i want to ruin it all jeff no Let's just do it. no no so you and beaker all right uh number three the set behind them is meant to resemble the building of the nation and throughout the show the wall behind them gets taller didn't notice that that's interesting but again we're a podcast so it's hard <laughs> it's hard to uh yeah especially for those that haven't seen it uh i'll give it i'll go ahead and give them a ding on any thoughts you got that the thing got taller no okay that's that's an uh, and to me that's a very <laughs> subtle thing it's a it's a neat it's a neat idea it is subtle i would actually throw out also that it is 
constantly a ship in motion, just like the nation was as all the different guidelines and whatnot are switched around. And I, I'm pretty sure Tommy Kale even said that about the set. So I, there's a lot of things. Again, yeah. yep. mention all of them. Exactly. All right. Number four, there are ropes all over the set meant to symbolize the nautical theme and nod to immigrants that came over by boat, the sea. Which is what I just mentioned. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. So just, you know, okay. Uh, number five, they used film directors throughout. In the opening number, there is a shot reference and a gun shot hidden in a downbeat, much like showing the gun that kills the main character in the end. Oh, well, spoiler alert there. Thank you, Beaker. Yeah, but I don't think that, I, I think that's just good filmmaking. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's, you. there are many times that you can call out what Tommy Kale did, and I even made sure that I mentioned in it that yeah. please, 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 when they make the actual movie of this, let Tommy Kale direct it. He understands it. He understands filmmaking, he understands storytelling. So I don't, you're, I mean, I don't you're know, right, it's there, but I don't know how to call that out. I don't know. I don't know if we upset Beaker. I don't, he may be just, he does a lot of woodwork, so he may have been just like whittling. He might be whittling some type of weapon right now. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Number six, they also break the fourth wall very selectively. I I don't know that I can agree with selectively. (laughs) The fourth wall is broken numerous times. Yeah. Maybe he was just noting that that there were times it was done. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so we've moved on to a fun fact. Number six. Oh, excuse me. Number seven. Fun fact. Uh, David at his fastest section wraps 19 words in three seconds. Okay. David Diggs uh, famously found because of them seeing him rap monosyllabically or however you say that. Mm-hmm. Um He's amazing. He's just flat out amazing. Uh, I did not know that stat. That's that's very interesting. Yes, we got a point. Number eight, Hamilton's coat change throughout the show to illustrate his status uh, with his upper status attire being green, symbolizing greed. Uh, it, I would actually say that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, number nine, you might notice that Hamilton wears shoes. This was common in that day. I'm kidding. That wasn't. I just made that one up. <laughs> I was really going to say, what? <laughs> just to get a little a little more wacky. All right. All right. We got two more, folks. Fact versus fiction. From what I have read, and I'm just picturing that this is how Beaker would read it. From what I've read, there were few dramatizations with the story, but LMM kept it pretty close. One of the largest changes was the Schuyler sisters were, and I, I know about this, they were three of 12, and yes, they had brothers. In fact, Angelica was actually married when she met Hamilton. I have a, I have a mute to this, or a response. Um, LMM, as he'll be known as now, um, did this just specifically for the story so it could flow because she has her whole song where she says she has to find a guy so great detective work there beaker and you are absolutely right number 10 in hamilton you may notice that he wears shoes this was very no i'm kidding number 10 (laughs) eliza opened the first orphanage in new york city in a small borough called Washington Heights, which in addition to the play was also where LMM grew up. Now, I also knew this, and this is probably the the best one that I like that Beaker took the time to write us this, this very kind email. Um, 
I wish I had mentioned that uh, uh, when we did our review. I don't know how many kind listeners that, uh, and I'm everybody, I, all close friends are about to sigh. Um, I don't know how many kind listeners know that I'm adopted. And so, uh, you know, for her to do that and kind of uh, play a big part in that uh, touches a, a special part in my heart. So, um, wow, we've great job, Beaker. I mean, this is good stuff. I know I was kind of giving you a hard time at the beginning, but we love it. We love it. Cause- I love that anyone finds the passion for a piece of art that makes them look further. Yeah. And, you know, what I, what, while, while I did take exception to a couple of things, he said, what I do love is the discussion because I don't know that you can interpret art and ever say anyone's wrong. Right. You can say what you see because what you, you see in art is often what you bring to it yourself. So the things you're seeing there, I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, what I love is that you went there, right? Keep going. I I would love to hear more emails like that. You see, you see, you know, you give a hundred people, film or, or production to watch and everybody's going to see something a little bit different so thank you beaker thank you for your email uh thank you for your time i know you're super busy so oh kids well wow, the kids really like them all right all right so moving past the mailbag uh we have just a few things uh before we go on to our center stage uh, talking about old guard i do want to mention real quick i noticed this morning um there is another big twitch streamer who was banned. We don't know if it's a perma ban. Um, the gentleman's name is Soto Poppin. He is somebody that I've been watching for some time now. Soto Poppin is, uh, he lives in and around the Austin area, which uh, is near and dear to my heart. And he was a different streamer. He was, he had, he played a lot of indie games. He would play games that just had horrible mechanics uh, just to, just to suffer through you know the whole process of of you know trying to give this game some 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 pub and basically what happened was he was doing a stream now first of all i do want to i do want to mention when you when you go to look at somebody that streams on twitch it pops up a box that says this streamer has mature content so right there you're getting kind of a a warning Uh, but basically he put on some vr glasses and was streaming and went to, I guess, a VR room that was kind of a strip club. Again, we're not, it's not like video. It's not video of people without, these are all, it's graphics and it's not very good graphics. So it's kind of this little weird thing. And in VR, there's other people that are popping in and out and talking to them and everything. But I guess the subject matter and some of the things that he said, has resulted in him being banned on Twitch. Uh, he's very well off. He's been doing this for a long time. I don't think he's going to be hurting in any kind of monetary way. But it is, again, the pendulum that's kind of swinging the other way with Dr. Disrespect and now Soda Poppin and a number of other Twitch streamers that have been banned for some inappropriate uh, content. And I'll be interested to see and follow and, and kind of see where this goes and where the lines are drawn. But I still am a firm believer that if you go and you click on a streamer and you see that they have mature content, that that kind of opens the door. And I've never been a fan of anybody that would complain about listening to Howard Stern on the radio. And broadcast is a little bit different um, because you always have the ability to turn change the channel or turn it off. Those that watch and are uh, those that watch and are offended and continue to watch. 
I think the onus is uh, on them as well. I mean, if you, you know, just because you, if you don't like garlic, you can't sit there and eat spoonfuls of garlic and blame garlic for being awful tasting. Stop eating it. It's a horrible example, but um, he's somebody that uh, I feel like, you know, in the in the hours I've spent watching a stream, uh, when I saw that, I was I was sad to see it. And uh, he also responded to the band with a <laughs> rather hilarious um, rebuttal uh, to Twitch. Uh, you can find that just search for soda popping and the video will pop up and I, I did want to mention real quickly that just a few days ago on his stream he received a gift from twitch came in a really nice box it was a cardigan not cardigan it was a um, cashmere sweater todd you want to take a guess at how much this cashmere sweater cost one dollar five thousand of those dollars God. <laughs> so one day twitch is sending you a five thousand dollar uh cashmere sweater and the next uh yeah not so much any thoughts on it todd or do you want to move on no let's just move on <laughs> I, I i when you said you're gonna do that story i was kind of i was i was like hey what's this gonna be <laughs> I, I've already said what I think about these people in those situations. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, if there's further developments, we'll let you know. All right, moving on. Something that uh, Todd brought to the desk. Our uh, old friends. I say old friends. We're not really friends, but we could be friends if they want to let us know. Uh, the Dixie Chicks have a new album. I know they're a little controversial, but uh, what's got your ear on that, Todd? Well, first off, they're now called the Chicks. They have, uh, they according to the entire band i saw them the other night on stephen colbert they have long wanted to extract the dixie element oh um, yeah name. Mm -hmm. and they're just called the chicks and it's to the point and and they're they're telling the truth that they registered the chicks as a domain and name copyright all these things 10 plus years ago so they wanted this they just couldn't get anybody to latch hold of it. And now they're basically saying, Hey, we're big enough. We don't care. We're just calling ourselves that. I wanted to bring attention to it simply because if you can put your controversial ideas aside of this band, yeah. <clears throat> these are three women that are massively talented. Mm -hmm. um, and this album, I've listened to it about three or four times. I'm not going to say it's going to end up heavily in my rotation, but man, first off the musicianship is right up there amongst the the wow damn they're good mm -hmm. uh type releases i've heard over the past few years but natalie mains is a lyricist all i'm going to say she she was married to an actor that was on heroes they were married for 19 years have a couple of kids together and apparently he decided to do some not so nice things oh boy and have an affair behind her back i'm tossing this out just because i am such a lover of someone taking their art and showing their pain yeah and all i'm gonna say People have long said, don't date Taylor Swift. I'm going to tell you something. Don't cheat on Natalie Maines. Cause Holy <laughs> God, you know, there are, there are simple lines. Cause boy, you know exactly what you did on my boat and boy, that's exactly why you ain't coming home. She begins to break apart this thing. And you start looking into it that apparently he had an ongoing affair with a woman and he used a boat that Natalie had purchased for him oh to have that affair. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, it is, I, the, the first line that caught me was my husband's girlfriend's husband just called me up. How messed up is that? It's so insane. I had to laugh. 
a, a simple line, but you begin to understand all the things she's going to paint into this. And she, she goes on to tell stories about how this woman, he, her husband brought this woman to a show to introduce her because she's such a fan of Natalie's. It is an incredibly compelling album just to hear someone using their art again to express their pain. I, I want people to go listen, please put aside your politics and realize yeah. that sometimes you can listen to those that disagree with you. I, I don't like James Woods as a, a, a per, an actor who speaks his mind politically, but damn, he's a great actor. Um, John Voight, same thing for me, but mm-hmm. I try to watch his things and put that aside, put it aside. I just wanted to make sure we knew there was new music in the world and it's well worth a listen. And that album's available iTunes everywhere else. Right? Spotify, everywhere. Which this might be a good time to segue and just let you know that uh, the stream that we've got on Twitch right now, it used to be uh, a cassette. Remember I showed you it's a cassette tape that's uh-huh. uh, that's playing? Well, I changed it up just for you. Today it's an LP. Aww. So it's just a, a record spinning round and round. Uh, but yeah, you check. Go, ride round, round, baby, ride round like a record, baby, ride round. <laughs> there's, a, there's another karaoke song. Um, but yes, I invite kind listeners, check out that uh, Dixie Chicks, The Chicks. The Chicks. See, that makes my my PC like, I. okay. Have you, have you listened to The Chicks? Look, they have names. <laughs> Well, they got they got some backlash. Uh, a famous senator from the state of Texas. So the Dixie Chicks are. Uh, uh, so a band has removed the controversial uh, Southern element and slapped everyone in the face and taken a derogatory name for women as their name. Well, they all joked because their first mm. names are begin with M. E. and N. And they literally they said we literally thought about renaming ourselves men. Nice. And I think that would have been pretty funny, but come on. I know, I, mean, I know. You're right. But that's that's just the alarms that go off. I'm like, oh, but hey, if the, if it's their choice and they want it, fantastic. I just could see it coming back to bite me on the butt if I said that. All right. Uh, <laughs> the Chicks, new album, available now. Check them out. They used to be the Dixie Chicks. We've already covered it. Okay. Let's move on to center stage. Um, and again, it, this was something that I kind of just tossed out there for Todd uh, in one of our meetings. And this is it. Well, you know, we're getting thin on content. There's some new stuff that's coming out. But, you know, this has got Sharish Theron, uh, who has been in Cider House Rules and a number of great films. Monster, I guess she was in that as well. Um so she's 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 got you know some cred as far as acting and stories so of course when i saw that it came on and i'm sure todd has pulled up the imdb page so he can give us the tale of the tape uh but it's one of those things where you watch and i thought unlike most of the reviews that we do on here there's some things that didn't sit necessarily well or at the end of the film i was still trying to question whether it was a actually a good film or not so I thought it'd be kind of interesting for Todd and I to kind of talk about that this week. So here with the tale of the tape from the movie Old Guard available on Netflix, here's Todd. The Old Guard tells the story of a covert team of immortal mercenaries. They're suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret. 
just as an unexpected new member is discovered. It's directed by Gina Prince Bythewood, I believe is how you would say that. The writer is Greg Ruck, Ruka, Rucka. I can't never can't remember which way to pronounce it, but he is a famous comic book writer. Mm. Huge skins on the wall. It's based on his graphic novel. <clears throat> and that may be where the mess comes in right away. Mm. I, I wonder right away. He's a fantastic writer, but the mediums of film and the mediums of graphic novels are two drastically different things. And I'm looking through right away and I, I'm sorry to start here, but I want to, yeah. I want to look at his pedigree. He's done a number of writing projects for visual media, but it looks like the predominant versions of them, I'm guessing are the um, animated versions that, DC will release of famous comic book stories. He's, he's done something called stump town, which I kind of remember hmm. that something mentioned of that. I don't know anything about it. Um, he doesn't have a lot there. And I, so Jeff threw this to me and said, Hey, almost exactly what he said. Charlie's there on new project. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. Wasn't considering much about it. Hey, let's watch it. Well, and he told me right away, it's not very good. Right. And I walked into it going and going, okay, I like bad movies. I really do. I go back to Scorsese's thing about to appreciate good movies. You have to watch a ton of bad ones. There you go. And I've, I'll have people go, why did you watch that? Because I want to know what made it so bad. Right. Um, oftentimes, you know, to me, a film, it's the same as a song. It's the same as any other piece of created media. If it's, out of step with something or it's flat or it's wrong. It's just slightly. So there's usually something that could be twisted and you can go, Oh, that could be fixed. Uh, one of my favorite things from film school that we would do is, Hey, I know a movie that isn't the best movie in the world, but I love it. If you were going to make it, how would you fix it? And uh, we would play with it. And what that does is it kind of teaches you when you look at it, you go, Oh, if I made it, I would do this and it would elevate that element that I think is missing. So when Jeff tosses this to me, I went in with my hat on right away of how to fix this. And mm. so I did, I, I feel like I shortchanged it because I immediately looked at it and went, yeah, yeah. But it didn't take long to go. Oh, 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 <laughs> now it's very popular on Netflix. Yes. So a lot of people are enjoying this or watching it. Well, the, but, the, um, the, the preface is, is, is great. There is a, there is a group of immortal, fighters that have been around for hundreds of years that have fought in all these different wars and you know and they break it to you pretty kind of kind of in a cool way how you learn that they're immortal when their body heals kind of like wolverine does so the, the hook had me and you know i was like okay i get it you know just understanding the storyline and the and, and the ground rules okay so here's what's happened we got these mercenaries that are super old kind of remind me a little bit of a vampire kind of theme where they can die but they don't suck blood and i was kind of waiting for that to happen but and then okay tell me the, you know tell me the story let's go from there and that's kind of where the wheels started wobbling a little bit and so let's talk a little bit about you know how that how that hit you and kind of what your thoughts were when things started to get a little shaky well, to do that, I, I want to make sure we mention too our director, um, Gina Prince Bythewood. She she's very respected. She she directed um, 
films that came out of Sundance. Uh, where, why is it not in front of me when I want it? Love and Basketball. She went on to direct The Secret Life of Bees. She's done a ton of stuff. Oh, wow. You know, on Everybody Hates Chris. She She's a good filmmaker. Yeah. I feel that maybe, you know, again, I, I don't want to place blame, but no, I, no. I tried right away within probably about 15, 20 minutes to go, this is just wrong. There's mm-hmm. just something immediately wrong with the tone of it. Mm. And being that when you step into it, <clears throat> we see immediately bodies that are shot up and massacred. And we hear Charlize talking over the top and to be fair to her for monster. She did win the Academy award. This is a yeah. primo actor. She's very good. She's not just beautiful. She's really good, but she's speaking very dark. It happened again. And right away your tone is, Oh God, <laughs> there's nothing in this that makes me go, okay, who are those people on the ground? And I didn't find myself curious um. about why they're there. There's immediately a tone of loss and that's not a bad tone, right. except there's never anything to make me feel that I have a vessel to take me into the story. A interview with a vampire. You brought up the vampire thing. Why that's interesting is we are getting an interview with a vampire who then tells us how hard of a life that is. Mm-hmm. When we meet this new person, that's a part of it. We, we immediately feel her ostracized by her people. All I kept thinking was if my friend died and came back, be like, dude, what <laughs> I would, everybody hates her. And, and um, it, there is, it's one tone. Everybody hates everybody in this movie right? and it just feels flat. And I again, to go back to the writing right away, it, it concentrates too much on that. Yeah. So we get, I, go ahead. No, please go ahead. I was going to say, so that's the first kind of third of the movie as I continue to attend uh, Todd's school of film. Um, so the first third of the movie is basically kind of explaining that situation, right? You got, they get, you know, pulled into a situation, see that they can heal. It is very dark, uh, as far as just like everybody hating everybody. So then, uh, the second act opens with the introduction and Todd, please correct me if I'm wrong with the introduction of a young woman who's in the military in Afghanistan or somewhere in the Middle East, and she's on a patrol or whatever and runs into a situation where she has to, you know, perform soldier stuff. And while she's trying to protect this target from dying, uh, she gets her throat slashed and cut. Next scene, she wakes up. She's in the hospital. Her wound is healed and is now gone. And somehow the elite team that's um, that's an immortal has shared a dream with her. So they know she's out there. So there's some conversation. Like we have to, the immortals are saying, we got to go get her and bring her onto the team. And then you're kind of dealing with the soldier who's like, everybody's freaking out because they saw her get her throat slashed. But now she's alive again. I understand furthering the story a little bit there, but I also felt like this was a little bit of a swerve because um, I, I just was trying to understand why. And really, the why doesn't come at least until the middle of the second act, if not closer to the, th- the beginning of the third act, when you find out there's a medical company that wants to capture the immortals and get their blood and somehow synthesize it so humans can live forever. And, and those bring up two points where I felt that I, 
what I'm going to suggest is not something you go, yeah, well, you'd have to do this. Yes. There'd be work that would have to go to reconstruct it. Right. Um, I felt that one of the missed opportunities is that pharmaceutical company. And we find out someone, you know, usually people with the worst of ideas start with the, the most noble of reasons. Right. And a, a man has lost his wife. I, why didn't, when we're introduced to that character, he's more of a secret kind of covert person. Why didn't I see him losing his wife? Why didn't I yeah. see the impetus that leads him to this? Start with that. Start, start with this young woman who gets her throat slashed because by the time that occurs, I've already figured, okay, well, she's immortal. You, you've had right. to spend time with her. She's going to heal. I've already seen all the healing. That should have been the first of the movie. Yes. The first of the movie should have been with her and like, what the F's going on? And then Shirley shows up and maybe then it begins to tell the backstory. Yep. It's just so rudimentarily done that it's hi, we're the immortals. We all die. Oh, and this is, this is getting old. Right. And I, I get this idea of having superpowers as a burden. Right. Same times having superpowers can be a joy. And, you know, if I'm going back to what, um, Oh my God, Zack Snyder did with Superman. I think that's where he went wrong with his films is he made it too much of a burden. Well, Superman should be positivity and joy. Right. I felt like that one of these immortals should be like, dude, watch me. And it comes yeah. back. You know, They should have fun <laughs> with it. We should have seen with this young lady when she dies, there should have been at least one of her friends that says, I don't care. I'm just glad you're back. Yeah. That yeah. should have been that instead, this hatred and, and, and disdain for her power is not even expressed as what it should be, which is fear. Fear does occur with superpowers like that. But at the same time, man, it's just misstep after misstep. And I think that that first 30 minutes that led to what you talked about, the first plot point is so messy. Right. That by the time it gets into its idea with the pharmaceutical, it's almost like, oh, geez, at least now I understand where this is going. Right. And then to kind of just pick up from uh, halfway through the second acting and then to the end of the film, in kind of a rando way, we learn that these immortals um, just one day don't heal and die. And so throughout the film where being immortal is this huge burden, now we learn there's an out that kind of just is okay. To me, felt like an afterthought. So now we learn that, spoiler alert, um, the main character gets injured and doesn't heal. So that means her run is out. Um, which in turn leads to the end of the film where there's a huge fight and basically everybody walks away and the torch is passed to this new young girl that was the military that's now part of the group who kind of fought the whole thing at first and now she's good with being on the team. Um, and again, films are films, and and uh, having never made a film myself or or in any way been involved in a production of that, you know, it's it's easy to point. And I and in no way do I want the kind listener not to see this film. I think you should check it out. I'd be interested, to, especially with Beaker and his fantastic email today. You know what things were missed, but at the same time, like you said so well at the beginning, you have to almost go through this process just to get a better handle on what you know or don't know about what why you watched what you did and didn't feel at the end like hey that was fun i mean I, there's all kinds of crappy movies that i that i'd love to watch i'm trying to think of one quickly i'll think of one um and that's okay flash which one flash gordon flash gordon horrible movie but 
you know, when he turns the fun. yeah, when he turns the alien egg into a football. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> go flash, go go flash, go. Um, and so, and so again, I, I I just and I, you know, Todd has always reminded me. I don't have to apologize to anybody, but I just don't want the kind of listener. We're just trying to beat up on this film, but it did jump and miss, and it was funny because I told Luke before I watched it, hey, there's a new action movie that's on Netflix and everything, and he, meh. And then I went and watched it, and I came back, I was like, ah, maybe you probably don't want to. <laughs> you probably don't want to watch it. So, the more as you went on with that, the more I thought that I really do think the misstep is not treating this new woman yeah. as our vessel that takes us all the way through the yes. story. I think that we needed somebody to hold on to and feel the loss of death that somehow is reborn and, and all these things. And it becomes the problem with it is, is from the onset, we're told, Hey, this happens again and again. Yes. Okay. Well then I'm not worried. It's going to happen again and again. So that when finally, you know, I don't mind the idea that eventually your superpowers run out and they right. can't explain why, because that can be explored in another one. Sure. We, we meet a character that she's lost, um, that's thrown to the bottom of the sea. And right away I went, Oh, super villain. Yeah. You, you, it's the problem. The reason I say that is that's where the problem happens is that you begin to go, Oh, they're, they can never die. Oh, they can, but well, she's <laughs> at the bottom. She's been, she's going to go crazy. She's going to be the supervillain. You start seeing all these things. And I have to touch upon one thing about this movie Yeah, that this movie is not alone in this, but I despise it. And that is the current slate of action that looks more like ballerinas jumping around. Yeah. If you have someone like Edgar Wright, who directed Shaun of the Dead and things like that, who is a director that is, man, a baby driver is one that comes to mind where mm-hmm. it's over-stylized action and violence. He understands, and I'm not saying that Miss Bythewood could not handle this with a little more effort. She's a great director, yeah. but I question that she can handle this because what it did was allow me to see all this jumping around and putting legs over somebody going boom. i think of john wick that's beautifully done yeah it's so the the violence is so stylized that it becomes almost lampoonish yep it is silly and what i kept thinking was if i'm an immortal and maybe i have seen every type of fighting on the, the earth i'm that person that just raises gun boom boom boom, yeah. boom. it <laughs> right. should be that what happened to that style of action which is the i don't need to suddenly compromise myself by jumping and putting my legs around you when you could take a knife in my back yes i can't die right that almost felt like what i should have seen more was more of them just going into it and shooting and falling and shooting and falling it just it becomes stupid. And by the end of the movie, I will not spoil the end for you. It is so obvious how they're going to beat the bad guy to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is. It is literally an area that is basically a rectangular area going, this is where you will go. And yeah. when it finally happened, I thought, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not excited by this. There, there should be something either where that main character that we've established has a realization uh, of everything but it's too cutesy it's too referential to what it did before there are just too many obvious things that that happened and what i would hope is usually the director would look at that screenplay and go we need a revision on this right. let's take some of this stuff and fix it so if you like the, that kind of movie the over stylized stuff 
I don't think you'll like this one. I think it's just sloppy. And I think you'll look and go, yeah, yeah, that's a mess. You know, and, and they may have run up some stuff. I don't know, you know, what the production schedule is and if they ran into some challenges and stuff like that. But I'm right there with you. Basically, for me, this movie is a tray from a ca- cafeteria meal in high school. It's got elements in it that are good and you'll probably eat first, but then there's some other areas that, you know, you'll just kind of leave alone and, and not necessarily enjoy that much. Um, but I highly, I highly recommend kind listeners, you know, view this movie and then give us some feedback about maybe some things that did, did touch a good note uh, with you. I also wanted to kind of finish my portion of this with thinking while you were talking, thinking about if the opening scene was the young woman in the military and then shortly thereafter and her meet and then right they maybe they fight some bad guys and then they're kind of like in whatever cave they're hiding in and then um theron says you know the first time it happened and started to go and tell the story to the young woman that way changes it 100 percent. that's that's very observant of you, and I, I could see how they'll change the tone altogether because then you kind of feel like you're on a journey with them and not just being told a story, so to speak. Yeah, and and to that point, Jeff, I you know I I allowed myself to go down the rabbit hole of okay, so if you introduce her drama at the first, if that's the first instance we see of death and reborn being reborn what would have been interesting is if she suddenly, you know, obviously we, we see in the movie as it is that she has the ability to put herself in situations where she can do what she wants. If she'd stepped in right after the, the, the woman comes back and says, Hey, welcome back. Yeah. And she's presenting herself as a doctor. I'm sure you have a lot of questions, but I need you to come with me, you know, and then suddenly you're, you're why why is Charlize asking her to come with her? And yeah. she takes her and then it becomes like people are coming to get her. And, and immediately then you're kind of put in a world of she's somewhat of a savior of this person. They can become close to each other. I, I never felt like they gave a crap about each other. <laughs> right. uh, it was a friendship of convenience. Um, yeah. So, I mean, these little things that you can do to tweak things like this, I encourage people to watch movies, watch them like that yeah. because if you ever want to really begin to understand the craft of filmmaking, that's how you do it. You start thinking, Oh, if they've done this and this and this now, if you're a passive fan, you might like this. You, yeah. you may, Hey, this takes two hours of my life and lets me relax and enjoy it. Exactly. Because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the content is dwindling a bit with all of, all of the pandemic and everything. So, um, that's, uh, old guard. And I can't, why can't I say her name? It's like see an enemy. Charlize. 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 Uh-huh. They're on. Charlize. They're on. Wow. Thank you. I feel a little smarter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's available on Netflix. uh, Old Guard. Check it out. Uh, Also, uh, yeah, send us uh, us an email like uh, Beaker did. Info at theotherkindradio.com. Let us know uh, what your thoughts are. That's all I've got on the run sheet here. Any uh, final thoughts there, Todd? No, that that's it. I'm actually, I was thrilled that you threw this out. This was a lot of fun. Um, I love putting that hat back on to go, why doesn't this work? It's a good idea. It's a good story. Why doesn't it work? So a lot of fun. All right. 
and uh, just a little preview. We hope to have our first live uh, guest or live interview um, next week with a up and coming artist that's uh, been been uh, an album dropped and some other news. So we're gonna we're gonna have kind of our first guest uh, musically uh, uh, oriented show coming up next week. So uh, with all that said, I want to thank everybody uh, for joining us. I want to thank Todd for his time, and I'm glad he's doing all right with COVID. Uh, as always feel free to contact us info at the i don't have the phone number so i'll post it in the comments um hey kind listener thanks again stay safe wear a mask and remember we are the other kind radio the other kind radio the other kind radio the other kind radio